You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Tell somebody I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So have y'all seen the new million dollar bill? You hadn't? It's beautiful. You hadn't seen it? I got one for you. Can we run? Can we throw it up? Oh, it's a million dollar bin, baby. It used to be all about the Benjamins. Now it's all about the Bennett's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, uh, that ain't a bad thing. Not talking about the picture. I'm talking about the money. Uh, the money ain't bad. Million dollars ain't bad. Bible says that the lust or love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, it ain't bad. But it's real bad if somebody who is not ready for the money gets the money. That's real bad. Whether you're broke, rich, you ain't ready for it, you ain't ready for it. I'm, we're praying, preparing, we're excited about the growth at Catalyst Church. Uh, we're, we're expecting it. Uh, but if a thousand people came in here next week, we ain't ready. We ain't ready. Maybe one day, hope to be one day, but we ain't ready to next Sunday. Some of you want to be married so bad. You want to be married badly. You're lonely. That's why you got a lot of bad relationships. You're desperate. Uh, but you ain't ready to be married yet. And the desperation is probably proof of that, I'm just saying. There's a lot of things in your life that you're trying to grow that aren't growing fast enough or aren't growing at all. And you are frustrated and you are fatigued. And I'm here today because I want to fix your focus. Grow what you got. Tell the person next to you, say, you got to grow what you got. This is the answer to all of your problems as far as growth in any area. I don't, it doesn't matter the details. Your story is not mine. My story is not yours. Where I'm, where I'm struggling and stagnant, you aren't and vice versa. But this is kingdom principles I'm about to preach to you. It is gospel. And as I always say, the gospel only works if you work it. The good news is not good news until you make it your news. Tell somebody, say you got to work it. Now, say this with me. Say, I'm ready to work it. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I want to remind you that the scripture says of itself that it will not return to us void. It will not if you will take it seriously and be willing to do something with it no matter what's happening in your life. It works. It works. So Matthew chapter 25, that's where we're going to start. Jesus says this, one of my favorite. Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was going to another place for a visit. Before he left, he called for his servants and told them to take care of of his things while he was gone. He gave one servant five bags of gold, another servant two bags of gold. And a third servant, one bag of gold, read, watch this, to each one as much as he could. What? What? God will not give you the opportunities 
You may go for some. He will not give you the opportunities, the platforms, the promotions, the pay raises, or anything else that you're not ready for. Because if you can't handle it, it will crush you. Blessing is, the blessing that you can't handle is as bad as being broke. I'm telling you, it is. And it says he gave to each of the three what they could, what? Handle. Then he left. There's going to be a time in your life that God has given you, he's deposited some things in you, and it is time to work it. The, the, the lack that you have is not on him, it's on you. It's time to work it. And the servant, Jesus is telling this parable, the master left. The servant who got five bags, of, five bags went, say that word with me, quickly. He went and made moves. He didn't waste time. He didn't worry about it. Or if he was worried, it didn't stop him. He did it scared. And it said he went quickly. There's just something about the things that are just the right things or the right things now that you need to do it. He went quickly to invest the money and earn five more bags. In the same way, the servant who had two bags invested them and earned two more. So this servant was given less because he couldn't handle five. And that's what God said, not what me or his insecurities say. But he took just as seriously his two bags and the, as the five, guy with five bags. Right? But the master, but the servant, so he made two more, but the servant who got one bag, went out and dug a hole. For all my people that aren't too churchy to say this, say it with me. Say, he freaked out and froze up. Uh Uh-huh. He went and dug it in the ground and buried it and hid the master's money, what he was given to grow and to do something with. After a, say that with me, long time. Say it like you mean it. Say long time. You've wasted a, you've been irresponsible with your money for a, you've been acting stupid and need to grow up and that's why you're single or been divorced 17 times for a, God is, you've been, you've been pushing people away and, and pushing away his blessings and opportunities because you're living scared for a, so this joker dug it up and what God gave him to give was in the ground for a, After a long time, the master came home and asked the servants what they did with his money. Because what God has given us to use, these are kingdom principles over your entire life. What God has given you to use, he expects you to use it. Whether you got five, one, or a half of one, he expects you to use it. The servant who who was given five bags of gold brought five more bags to the master and said, Master, you trusted me. To care for five bags of gold. So I used your five bags to earn five more. The master answered, you did well. Well. I love that. Every now and then my voice gets really. That's why why it's hard on a mic with me. I just, I can do it. Y'all can't do it. Leave me alone, Randall. Master, you trusted me to care for five bags, so I had to start back from the beginning so I didn't lose track. So I used your five bags to earn five more. The master said, you did well. You are good. You are a good and loyal servant because you were loyal with small things. Listen to me. Here's my whole message on your whole life. Because you were loyal with small things, because you grew what you got, I will let you care for greater things. Come and share my 
joy with me. Jesus prayed that his will be done on heaven, in heaven, here as in heaven. Then the servant who had been given two bags of gold came to the master and said, Master, you gave me two bags of gold to care for, so I used two bags to earn two more. Master answered, you did well. You were a good and loyal servant because you were loyal with small things. You grew what you got. I will give you much greater things. Why did he give him greater? Give them both greater things? Because why? Because they grew what they got. Tell somebody you got to grow what you got. This is not intentional. I'm trying to find my place. I wish I were that good. (laughs) The servant who had one, who had been given one bag of gold came to the master and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, that you harvest things you did not plant. You gather crops where you did not sow any seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your money in the ground. He was scared. Here is your bag of gold. The master answered, you were a wicked and lazy servant. I'm telling you, it hurts. There's some things in the Bible that just hurts me. Not just from my past, from today. You say you knew that I harvest things I did not plant and that I gather crops that I did not sow. And he said, he's saying, you knew that I was serious and for real. So you did not, uh, so you should have put my goal in the bank. Then you wouldn't have had to take any risk or put any effort into it. When I came home, I would have received my gold back in interest. So, see, the problem with the guy was fear because he didn't even have to take risks to grow it a little bit. Go put it in the bank. Effort. We freak out. We freeze up. So the master told his servants, take the bag of gold from the servant uh, and give it to the servant with 10 bags of gold. I'm going to tell you, God will take what you got if you're not going to use it and he will give it to somebody who will. I'm, I'm telling you, he will, take the, uh, he will take your supervisory role if you're going to be negligent and he will give it to somebody who appreciates the responsibility and the pay. He will take your family from you. All my daddies and mamas that you really don't appreciate what you come home to, and it's not them, it's you. If you don't love that family, don't you dare. If you don't put put the amount of effort that you have of love for them, I'm telling you, he will take it from you. And he will give that family somebody they deserve to invest in them. I'm telling you, if your kids, if you can't really focus on your kids, you're, you're present, but you're not there. Don't be mad when they find a father or a motherly figure somewhere else. Because God will, he will take what he's given to you if you don't use it. It is kingdom. This is gospel principles. I swear I'm going to get encouraging at some point. Those who have much will get more and they will have much more than they need. But those who do not have much will have everything taken away from them. Then the master said, throw that useless servant outside in the darkness where people will cry and grind their teeth with pain. And and, and I'm not even going to go to the Greek there because I got too much to say on the first part. Lord, right now, uh, help us see this clearly and apply this effectively because every one of us are contributors. You have put things, you fearfully and wonderfully made us to give and to to give glory to you. And we have, we matter. Say that catalyst, say, I have something to give. I matter. Lord, help us obey you and see it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Let's go ahead and start with the one you don't want to hear the most, and we'll get past it. Tell somebody, say, don't mess with my money. Your money. I'm telling you, your money. Tell, here's the answer to your question. Whatever your question is, whatever it is, say, grow what you got. You want more? You're like, I need more money. Grow what you got. You need to pay off debt? Say, grow what you got. Grow what you got. See, the principles of this passage apply to every part of your life, but the, this parable is about money. Talents or money. Tell somebody, say, grow what you got. Grow what you got. Jesus said in Luke 6, he said, give and it will be given unto you. Didn't say how much you have. You can only give you if, if you feel like you have something worth giving to other people in your life. It says give and it will be given unto you. Trust me with what you got. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. When you trust God, whatever he does, whatever he gives back, it will run over in your lap. It will be more than what you gave for the measure with, for the, with the measure you use. Not the measure you were given, the measure you give. It will be measured to you. Tell somebody, say, grow what you got. What I'm about to share with you, because I want to I I move quickly because I got so much in my heart right now. Um, I, what I'm about to share with you, I'm going to give everybody a disclaimer. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to give a disclaimer to the people that don't know me. Uh, people that do know me, you shouldn't need one, but I'm going to give it anyway. What I'm about to share has nothing to do with me. I'm not sharing it to pressure anybody. I'm not sharing it. Uh, your story is not my story. I'm not sharing it out of pride. I'm not sharing it so that you can look at me. I'm sharing it because I've seen what happens when you apply the principles of God's word to your life. And I am a product and, he, and, and God is not a respecter of persons. He is a rewarder of faith. And what he did for me, he will do for you. If you do it. So... A lot of times people are like, man, does it bother you to share those things? Used to, doesn't anymore, because if you're going to misinterpret me, you're going to do it uh, someday, even if it ain't today. When I was single and did not have much of anything to give, didn't have it to give, I gave over 10% to the church always. I signed it sometimes my check in blood, and sometimes I signed it in student loans, but I signed it. I still got student loans that are ties out there. <laughs> Got married to Angie, we had a little bit more to give, a good bit more to give, and we committed when we got married, before we got married. My young people that are dating, listen to me, you better talk about stuff like that. You heard Connor? Connor talked about it. I told him, I said, y'all better talk about it and agree on it now. Don't come back from your honeymoon and fight that battle. That's dumb. I told Angie and I committed to giving more than 10%. And there has been times, you know my story now, you know our story, there has been times that was a test. But... I have to this day, we have given more to Catalyst Church than I have taken in over five years. And when I say that to you, I don't say that for my sake. I say that because if you saw what we have, what we make, what we made, and what we give, gave, you would say we were dumb. Oh, trust me, there's times we felt like we were dumb. Hey, God's put it on our heart to give away some cars over the years. And you know what? We felt like we were dumb because we needed the money. I trusted God with what he gave me. Not because I'm not perfect, but I grew up the way I grew up that I shouldn't be here. I just got, there's some things that I'm just like, we're going we gonna, we gonna to trust him and we're going to throw it out there. If I die, I'm going to, like, like Esther said, if I die, I die. I trusted him when I was broke. I trusted him with more now, and if I went broke again, I can promise you I would go on the streets before I didn't do what he said. 
because it works. It works. I got a quiet room. Everybody you talk about money, everybody's quiet. That's why I said I'm gonna get it out of the way. It works. I don't listen to excuses well with anybody. I, I mean, I, I'll be gracious. I won't like guilt you, but I've seen what he can do. I've seen him multiply and God will not grow what you do not give him. Grow what you got. Quit begging him and obey him. And I'm not just talking about for Catalyst. I, every, anytime I talk about this stuff, it ain't for me. It ain't for Catalyst. It's for you. Don't do me no favors. Just trust him. Just trust him. We just, we're, Angie and I, and now, you know, we had to kind of figure it out the first few years of marriage. We don't care. We're we, we going to make moves. We're downsizing. I don't know that I've told anybody that. Maybe I have. I don't know. I can't remember. I preach all the time. We're downsizing, okay? We're moving closer to the church. We're selling our house and going to shift that money over and buy another house. Danny Vieira is the hardest working dude ever. He's do, we're, we're his first, I guess, real estate customer, wherever he's at. Coolest dude ever, getting his feet wet. He's amazing. He's busting his tail. I know I got a lot of real estate people in here, and I love y'all. And trust me, I stressed out thinking about it. And I just told on myself up here, but that's not the point of my message. We're downsizing. Oh, we've shed tears. I spent the, I spent the best seven and a half years of my life in our house. We did. Oh, I'm, I love that house. I'm attached to it. They, my family was there before me because that was a part of their life before I became a part of the B family, if you know our story. Uh, but we make moves when it's the right move to make. We do. It is the right, responsible decision so that we can be more generous and so that we can uh, be better stewards of what God has given us. So what we did on May 1st, because we ain't afraid to make moves, is we, there's, that was probably going to be, hopefully, Danny, we're believing for it, brother, uh, it's probably going to be the last family get-together we got. Our family came home, we celebrated Angie and Allie, because our daughter-in-law is a mama now, uh, and we ate lunch. We prayed, we gathered around our living room, we prayed, we thanked God for every season in that house. We thanked him for the wins, the losses, the tragedy, because if you know our story, we had a lot. They had some before I even came along. We thanked him that he was always there, and we, we, we thanked him that he will always be there. And Angie and I have been praying that whoever buys our house, that it will be the type of blessing it is to them. But we make moves. We took pictures. We shared memories at that lunch. Uh, everybody shared a bunch of memories that I would forgotten half of them and wasn't there for some of them because, like I said, I came along later. But we make moves. If it's the right move to make we, and, and we want to be responsible, what happens is a lot of our issues that we think are money issues are management issues. We should have made moves years ago. You're too attached to that house. You're too attached to the things in your life that you need to let go of because it is causing you not to be able to be a good steward of what God has given you. And I don't have time to go into practical details, but I'm going to tell you, are you making moves or are you making excuses? Because I don't spend a lot of time in a counseling office with people anymore that are constantly telling me why they can't do it. Because there's some things in your life, and I'm, I'm going to talk about more money, but there's some things in your life that you are making excuses and God is calling you to make moves. And the Bible says the law of God is written on every man's heart. You know what you need to do. Do it. And so we make moves. And I want you to notice something. Um, uh, ask yourself, actually, ask yourself this with your money. Do you overspend? Do you save or do you splurge? Do you spend it before you get it? Do you overspend on travel ball, your kids, your kids, your adult toys? Because I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I, know we, I know we adults like our toys. Ask yourself, 
Do you, do you plan for retirement? Don't blame your employer for you not preparing for retirement. Whether they gave you away or not, you made the money and you decide what you do with it. Take it from somebody who didn't start investing in retirement until I was almost 30. And that's on me, not on what God gave me. And I want you to notice this, okay, because we miss this, and, and I miss this for years because we live in America where we're dealing with a lot of greed, and we think rich people are greedy. No, broke people are greedy too because poverty is a mindset. It's just rich people forget how they got that. Rich, greedy people uh, forget how they got there and who got them there. Broke people really never able to build anything because they never figure out how to trust God and, and apply the principles that a lot of people who got to the top, whether they believed in God, they applied the principles. And these are gospel principles. With anything in your life. Notice that the broke guy. And by that I mean the guy with less was the one that buried it. I missed this for years. It was the one with one bag that held back. It wasn't the one with less was greedy. Catalyst. The one that had less. Not the one with five bags. The one that could have said hey I'm the teacher's pet man. God gave me the most. God made me the boss. God made me the president of the bank. God made me the principal. It was the one that was actually had less that was living scared and ashamed. And he went and buried it. He buried it. And he made excuses. And I get it. They were probably legitimate reasons, but God didn't take them. I was scared. Well, then if you're scared, guy, you don't trust me. And a relationship is built on what? And so what happens in our life is when we're ruled by fear, and I'm about to apply this, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. When we, when we live in fear it, with money or anything else, what do we do? We bury, we protect, we clench, we control, we overcompensate. If you, be, you see men that have midlife crisis and some women and they end up making the biggest mistakes of their life and when they finally look in the mirror, they realize, ah, I was fear. We bury, we hoard, we hold back. We don't trust God or anybody else. And that is an issue of the heart, not the bank account. We do it too. And it's typically, we do it more when we're, we have things taken from us, not when we have everything. And you're never, never able to build something until you begin to manage what you got. Tell somebody, say, grow what you got. The master said, be faithful. He gave them more when they were faithful with what they had. Quit begging God for more and trust him with what you got. It applies to everything, your time and your focus. Breathe. Just take a breathe there. He's done talking about money. Tell the neighbor, say, he's done now with just that part. Watch this. Your time and focus, your attention on him, it says, the Old Testament, it says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence. Say that with me. Continually. Jesus. He's our standard, right? Paul said, let the same mind that was in Christ be in us, right? It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and what? Pray. Pray. This is what Jesus did. He got away from the good, the bad, the chaos, the crazy, the things that God called him to do. He got away and he prayed and he gave God his attention and focus. And because of that, he didn't live drained. The Bible says sometimes he would stay up all night 
And even when he got the news of John the Baptist, what did he do? He went, he went away. He had to grieve. He had to grieve. He had to pay. He never lost focus, even on the cross. Think about the focus on the cross where he says, Into thine hands I commit my spirit. Even when he says, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? What's his next reaction is, Into thine hands I commit my spirit. He was focused because he gave, he, his focus was on Jesus. Paul's focus was on Jesus. He said, well, that's why he says, fix thine eyes on things, what? Above. The psalmist says, I lift my eyes into the hills. The hills are when you're left. I'll get to that later. Um, focus, y'all. Focus. You don't give God any of your time. And you wonder why you're confused and constantly anxious and, and drained. And you don't know what to do. You don't know your next steps. Tavis Cook, I'm going to tell you something. There ain't nothing. I can't see you because of lights, but I know in the vicinity of where you are, it's going to hurt. But don't you let anybody take your focus off Jesus. My, all my family back there, don't you let anybody tell you what you need to do, don't need to do, how much time you need to do it. You keep your focus on him like your mama did. Time and focus. If you Tell somebody, say, give him what you got. If you give him what you got, he will grow what you got. He will grow what you got. I'm a, I've learned it the hard way. I don't do well without time and focus with God. I don't. And I've spent a lot of ministry now. Made a lot of, I've been, spent a lot of ministry working for him, but not spending much time with him. And I get depleted. I get depleted. Can y'all imagine that I can actually be more of a diva? than you probably think or have seen. I can get lost in my worry and my overthinking and things that I can get up here and tell you how to do, I will lose myself in them. I will preach harder in some seasons because I ain't living it because I've lost myself because I haven't spent time with him. The Bible says seek his presence continually, consistently. Consistently. I am at my best when I'm able to seek him to spend time in his word, to spend time telling him what I need and listening to him. There's sometimes I just have to sit down in solitude for 10 minutes, not work on a sermon, not read the Bible, just say, God, I'm, I'm, I need, my brain needs solitude. I need my brain, my mind needs detoxing. Start with 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Take a break from the crazy. Take a break from the kids. Take a break from your spouse because y'all need to see God together, but you need to see God your own self. How in the world can you give to your kids what you don't? How can you tell them how to do what you don't even do? I don't know what it looks like for you. Uh, mornings, nights, uh, lunch breaks are amazing, especially if you get 30 minutes to an hour. There was a season in Walmart, because y'all, I worry, I know there's some people right now, because it happened again this week. Somebody's like, hey, I know who you are. Yeah, I greeted at Walmart 13 and a half years. Uh, welcome to Walmart. How you doing? I'm not there anymore. I, I, I actually shop online now. And so uh, I built a lot of friendships in a season at Walmart. Some of them are here. I see one back, back there. Emily, if you're watching online, I love you. There's a lot of people that, I, that the season of close friendships at Walmart actually helped grow the church over a decade later. Who knew? But there was also a season that I needed him. And what I did is on my lunch break at the Carrollton Subway, I went from having a big old table that I enjoyed to go into Subway, and for that hour, I put earbuds in a, of, of Scripture, 
and, and I would face the corner and sit on that high top table with my, like I was an elementary school kid who got put in the corner. And it was rude. And I'm sure some people didn't like it. And yes, there are some relationships that I wasn't as close to in that season. But I'm going to tell you what, I, I grew close to my creator. Your problem isn't the amount of time you have. You're like, Psh, you don't know my schedule. Yeah, I do. Your problem is what you do with it. It's the same. What God has given you, you need to trust him. You need to grow what you got. If you will give him your time, he will multiply it and you will do more with it than you ever imagined. If you will give him your time and focus and attention. You, no matter how little time you have, no matter how little time you have, you still invest your time and attention on what's important to you. Period. Uh, you do. You do. You, you do. Uh, so, um, so when I started dating Angie, okay, um, when I started dating Angie, Garrett, the one that's sitting right here now, don't want to talk about it. He like he'll, he'll, I tell him I, li- I, I, I like him to text me now because he's like he's like. I'm like, please, I was hoping your voice would be more like Connor's. Come on now, get out of here. Honestly. Anyway, Garrett was sitting like right here. You know, sitting like right here. And he's up here. And um, when I dated his mama, I was an associate pastor at an old church. And, um, and uh, I didn't know Garrett. Not that much. I, I knew of him. Y'all, y'all know I stay away from kids ministry. Did back then too. Thank God for all my kind of kids and Terry. and I love them, but I ain't teaching them. I'm inappropriate. I can't do youth ministry either. Somebody leave the church. That's just such a terrible pastor talking like that. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Not sorry, really. I love Jesus. I just thank you. And um, I date Angie, and I realized, and I was, I, I, I had a day off, so I got him off the bus. I knew I was going to marry his mama. I knew this was going to be my life, and I knew that was going to be my son, and I'm at the bus stop, and um, I'm at the bus stop, and and God just speaks to me. He says, you've already built something so special with the older three, but it's going to take time and attention to build something with this one. He wasn't even born when I went to Christ Fellowship and started serving. So what I did is I began to put him to bed every night. I would come down to the house. I would put him to bed every night so he would adjust. And then what I would also do is I was late. I worked two jobs back then. I worked at Walmart, Christ Fellowship. Like I said, I've had the, I know what it's like not to have enough time in the day. Still do. I was late to some of my meetings at Christ Fellowship, and I didn't apologize for it because I worked my tail off, and, and, and you get what you get, but this kid is my priority because you spend your time on what's important. And that was my son. And he was my son before I walked an aisle. All these years later, last week, I know y'all aren't going to feel sorry for me. That's okay. You shouldn't. Last week, I drive home uh, from Atlanta, for, or we get home by 11 o'clock from the airport. Uh, I stayed up to like uh, 4 a.m. working on the message for last week because, you know, I just got behind. And I don't play with these messages. I take what I do seriously. It's important. And so uh, I was exhausted. I got two hours. Y'all were like, oh, I feel so sorry. You retired from Aruba. I'm not saying it for that. I don't need your sympathy. And so I got like two hours of sleep. I, I, I uh, officiated Alvaro's wedding, Alvaro Lopez. He's got some family in the house, Alvaro. I figure you at home recovering from Puerto Rico, Alvaro and Courtney. 
Uh, and so uh, got up on Sunday, preached, had nothing in the tank. But you know what I did? I took Garrett to Noonan. We went to see Doctor Strange. By the way, I've gotten a taste for them Marvel movies. I like them. I like Garrett more. But that was a weird movie. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So uh, you know why I did that? Exhausted. That's my son. I hadn't seen him all week. You invest in what's important to you. It's not about how tired you are or how much time you have. You invest in what's important in your life. You invest what you got. One of the heart to this day, one of the hardest, most heartbreaking, uh, heaviest days of my entire ministry is probably top three to this day. I come home. Uh, I had been up since 2 a.m. I think before. I don't even think. I, I think I'm like exaggerating the other way. It was before. Had to be up at uh, 2 a.m. or before the next day. You know what I was doing at midnight in between? I was sitting on the couch watching the Dodgers and the Braves playoffs game with my baby girl. That's my daughter. I had the weight of the whole world on my shoulders. I knew the things I had to do. I knew all, everything that was gonna that was on my shoulders. But that's my daughter. And I sat down for that time and I watched the Braves whoop the Dodgers' tail. Thank goodness it's about time. Now they suck again, but it's okay. Maybe 25 years from now. It's my daughter. I don't care how tired I am. I don't care if I got to put toothpicks in my eyes. That's my girl. How's that looking with your relationship with God? How much time and focus do you get? You, I, I said start with 10 minutes, but bet you spend 10 minutes with your wife... Or your husband, I, I, I guess you'll be in the counseling office in the next few years. But you better start somewhere. And if you don't give God more of your focus and attention, what you're going to do, you're going to stay confused, stressed out, running behind, playing catch up. You're going to continue to try to force doors open instead of trust God to open the right ones in the right timing. Because when you panic, you make premature decisions or you make the right decisions that aren't right for right now. You're going to continue overcompensating, trying to make moves. You're going to continue fishing for affirmation from men and women that can't give you what you hunger for from him. You're going to continue to go in bad relationships. You're going to continue to be uh, anxious and have no clarity in your your life, you're going to make bad decisions or, or you're going to settle for less and make good decisions and, the, and it's your life you're going to be like, is this all there is? And what, all you need to do is give him your time and attention and if you will do that and invest that just like the parable of the talents he will grow it. It's principle it's all in the Bible, it's gospel you give it, he'll multiply. Your problem isn't what he's giving you, it's what you're doing with it quit begging him for more and obey him with it, what you got Tell somebody, say, grow what you got. Grow what you got. It applies to your abilities and all of it. All of it. All of it. People, people told me at the conference, it was like making me feel all encouraged. I'm sure Shannon's the one that told them. Because uh, when we were in Aruba, we went to a conference with all, there was like 230 lead pastors from all over the country. And uh, they were like, there was like these mega church pastors that were like, man. Uh, I was getting introduced. They were like, man, you can preach. You can preach for days. I'm sitting here like, hmm. Like, you got like 20 times as the size congregation I do. I didn't say it, but I thought it. And, and they're like, man, you can preach. You can preach. People's like, and, and Shannon even says, like, he says, preaching just comes way more naturally to you. You know that's the, not the exception, not the rule. The thing is, it doesn't come easy to me. It doesn't. I just have to work real hard because I... Have to. That's my calling. 
Preaching is my craft. I'm not all that great in it. I just put all I got into it. I work hours and hours and hours on every message on top of everything else I got going because I want to give my abilities to him. For years, I tried so hard to be somebody else or to, or to be whatever somebody thought I should be, but I, I'm me. I'm not eloquent. I had to own that. I'm, I got more energy or at least as much as anybody around, but I'll never be eloquent. I'm never going to be the Stephen Furtick. I can hype it up like him, but I cannot say it like him. And I had to own it. I had to work my craft. I do. A great God gave you gifts just like me. Gifts are given to you, but you got to grow them and work them. A great athlete has to work it. A great hitter uh, takes, takes swings every single day. Ted Williams was asked, I read this, Ted Williams was asked, probably one of the top three greatest hitters of all time, last person, and probably will be the last person to ever hit 400 in a season because I doubt anybody will ever do that again. He was asked, no joke, he was asked, what is the percentage of ability you have and work ethic? He said 80-20. And with something like baseball, this man who is one of the greatest hitters of all time said about 80% of what I have is my work ethic and 20% is my natural talent. A great shooter takes shots every day. A great coach and teacher and people person knows how to recognize talent and develop talent. That doesn't just happen. A great cook, a great singer doesn't just happen. Dustin Hoffman, it was told, I've heard, read for years that when his scripts were so ripped up and broken and dirty that they didn't even look like scripts anymore. You didn't even know what it was because that's how hard he worked. The Bible says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Back to time and focus real quick. Tell somebody, chill out. Say it like you mean to tell them, say me, say chill out. The Bible says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You delight yourself in the relationships and the people you love, right? Do that. Now, back to abilities. I just had to say that real quick because some of you are like, does it really say that in the Bible? Yeah. Love him like you love your wife and husband and mama and daddy. Love him like that, and you'll see what happens. Uh, back to where I was. Abilities. Commit your actions to the Lord. And your plans will succeed. Tell you what I've had to make up in my mind. Uh, it doesn't matter. I've, in my heart, it does, I've had to focus uh, over the last year or two. It doesn't matter if it's a small crowd, big crowd, medium crowd. I got to grow what I got. I gotta, if I start focusing on where we're at and where we need to be, I'm not going to give God, I'm not going to give my best to the people that God has given me to invest in. And if I do that, it'll never grow because I'm doing it for y'all, not him. And when I realized the things that really bothered me, because I'm telling you, summer and, and January's and other times and, and holidays, you'll be like, you'll feel like your church is falling apart when you sit up and you're like, what am I doing wrong? Uh-uh. I've decided in my heart a long time ago, I'm going to preach like it's Easter Sunday. Whether I'll dignify the seats if I have to and nobody shows up and you are all at the beach this summer because I can't do it for y'all. I got to give it to him. You want to grow what you got? Give him what you got. Your pride, your ego, your motives that you try to pretend and, and make yourself believe that they're all that uh, sincere. None of us have the sincere motives of Jesus. We're just trying to seek him more and become more like him. Give him 
your abilities. Give him your gifts. Surrender your dreams to him. Surrender your disappointment to him. Surrender your ideas to him. Surrender your expectations to him. Your kids cannot be your God. You're wondering why you can't grow your relationship with your children or why you can't get anywhere in your child, why you have never been able to enjoy them or they don't enjoy you. You get on their nerves. You can never reach them. You're trying so hard. It's because you need to understand your role and trust God with his. You have made your kids your God. Young mothers, young daddies, listen to me. It will not work. It will not work if they are your identity. It will not. It will run you. You will ruin them or ruin yourself. They can be your priority. They can be your joy. Those kids are gods. You don't know what they need more than he does. And if you think you do, there's your problem. And you need to grow what you got. You need to grow. You need to know your role. You need to give some things to God. You don't need to worship your spouse. Because if you put your spouse's love for you on the throne, it is unfair for you and a setup for failure in your relationship. I'm a terrible God. I'm a terrible God. Terrible. And it's going to strain your whole life. And you may raise great kids, have a great marriage, have a great family. You may get to the mountaintop, but it won't be enough. And you wonder why you can't grow. It's because you ain't ready. Your motives aren't ready. You got to grow what you got. You want to see growth in your life? Whatever area you need growth, whatever you're lacking, whatever you're believing, whatever, trust God with what you have now. Quit trying to quit obsessing over what you don't have. Paul said in prison, I've learned to be content in every season, whether I have a lot or little. Say, grow what you got. Grow what you got. You need to dig up what you've been burying. Dig up what you've been burying, what you've been holding back. You've been living scared. You've been holding back. There's things you probably haven't even told your wife or your husband. You've been holding in their secrets. There's deception. Are you, you're exhausted. You don't think you have anything worth giving and growing and trusting God with. You're, 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 you've let yourself be summed up by your mistakes and you live in complete shame. I don't know what it is. I can keep naming things and eventually hit whatever you're dealing with. You need to go dig it up and you need to give it to him. You need to let go of some things right now. Let go. Do you remember what happened with the guy, the kid with the fish? telling you it's all in the Bible I could do this all day remember the kid had the fish dinner but he had more faith than he did fish and he gave Jesus the fish and look what Jesus did with the fish fed thousands everything in your life whatever you don't have whatever you're believing in for whatever whatever you're dealing with if you have more faith than whatever you don't have and you will trust it to him I guarantee you he will multiply it not on your terms but on his and his terms are better but do you trust it do you trust him?
Connor, can you go ahead and work your way up? We can get those pads on if y'all want to. Um, what's your faith looking like? What's your faith looking like? Because the fish aren't the problem in your life. The faith, your faith is the problem. Your faith is the problem. Single mamas, don't worry that nobody notices you. Single, single parents, single grandparents, do it for him. Trust him. Trust him. They may not notice you. Your employer may not notice you. Your family may not notice you, but your father in heaven notices you. Grow what you got. Paul said, whether I eat or drink, I do it for the glory of God, not the glory of other people, the glory of God. Grow what you got. Solomon said that whatever my hands find to do, whatever your hands find to do, do with all your might. Tell somebody, say, grow what you got. It may be hell right now. You may not even know which ends up or which way to step. Just grow, say it, say it with me, say, grow what you got. This season, say it with me, say this season, this struggle, this situation. If you will be faithful right now and trust him with the future, I promise you, he will bring growth in your life. He will bring growth. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added unto you. Your problem is you're trying to grow ahead of God. You're trying to grow in areas that you're not ready for or that aren't right at all. And you're trying so hard and you're exhausted and you need to grow what you got. And the only way to do that is to say, God, I'm giving you what I got. I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you the things I'm mad about. I'm giving you my anger and bitterness. I'm giving you my hurt. You've got to let it go. Will you stand with me right now? You've got to let it go, Catalyst. Parents, you've got to let your children go. You've got to give them to God. You've got to quit controlling them. They are not babies anymore. They are teenagers. They are grown. And if you don't let them go, you are going to squeeze the life out of what God has given you in your relationship with them. You've got to let some things go. All my people that are struggling with addiction, if you want to get sober, you've got to realize you can't manage it. Life has become unmanageable. You are powerless, but he is not. And you've got to let some things go. You've got to let it go. Say, give him what you got. Give him what you got. If you will hit your knees, quit making excuses, quit talking about the people who hurt you, and look in the mirror and deal with your heart. Give him what you got. Good, bad, in between. You want to grow? Give him what you got. Dead people. Paul said, I die to myself daily. Dead people don't complain. Dead people hit their... Dead people don't move. It's you. And when God brings you to life, when you die to yourself, then you're going to make moves and you're going to walk out of graves and you're, your family's going to have uh, chains break and generational curses broken. You're going to see your marriage restored or you're going to see the next best move if it isn't. You're going to see his glory. You're not going to be confused when you begin to let things go. Tell somebody, say, give him what you got. 
I want us to declare this as a church. Before we do, I want you to know online, here's my email. I, reach out to us. We're for you. We miss you. We'd love to see you. If you've never been here, we're for you. But right now, we're going to declare this. Online, I hope you'll declare it with us from wherever you are. I want us to lift our hands. I want us to worship. If you need to come to the altar, prayer team, come on up. We will pray for you. We are going to worship. Worship is a response. A response to say, God, I trust you. I don't know what I'm doing, but I trust that you do. That's the type of faith, y'all. Say, grow what you got. Give him what you got. Simple. Let's just worship together, y'all. He is good. He loves us so much. You matter. He's got a plan. His purposes are not done in your life. It's time to submit and surrender. Right now, let's just declare it together. right now we give you our hurt we give you our happiness Lord you said that the joy of the Lord could be our strength you promised that the peace that passes all, passes all understanding could guard our hearts we give it to you we give it all the disappointment the hurt the, the confusion the not knowing what's next the anxiety the pain Lord day by day we give it to you we give you our mistakes. We give you our, the, our regret. We give you everything, Lord. And we trust that if we will lay it on the altar, you will, you will rise it to life in whatever, raise it to life in whatever way is your will. We do not want this on our terms. And if we do, teach us how to come back to the altar and lay it down. We love you, Lord. We surrender. When it doesn't make sense, we surrender. This is not an NFL draft. We are not committed just for a season. We surrender to you. And we know that you are good and you are not done in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a round of praise, y'all. He's good, God. Let's church. He's good. He is good. He is good. And y'all, we are going to build people. We are going to build people. We are going to build people. And I will see y'all next week. I love you guys. Remind three people on the way out. Tell them you matter. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at IamCatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at IamCatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, 
visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.